Coming to another Wednesday, a.k.a. Hook the edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad and Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik here with you once again, bringing you all the goods to get you through the middle of the week. And before we get you through the middle of your week, we want to remind you all uh, to sign up for our Cincinnati Football Insider Subtext Service. And uh, I've been talking a whole heck of a lot about it the last couple of days, so enough of hearing it from me. Andrew, uh, you've been sending out some really fun, cool texts uh, and some engaging discussions with our subscribers, our growing su- subscriber base, I should add. Um, why do people need to sign up for Cincinnati Football Insider, and why is it a good investment? Well, I mean, you're going to get our thoughts kind of before anybody else sees them, uh, which we know are incredibly valuable. Uh, you know, you're, we're getting into the time of year where you know, there's not a lot going on and, you know, but with this service, you're going to get to hear kind of constant updates from us. Uh, you know, are there any personnel moves happening as we get closer to training camp? You know, who's signing? You know, are there any veteran additions they could make? Who's getting cut? Uh, things like that. That's going to start to come into play. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's a good time to sign up as always, just because, again, there's there's not a lot of football talk going on across the uh, across the whole kind of <laughs> across the whole landscape of the uh, the NFL but uh, you know we have kind of constant football talk for you so uh, yeah it's uh, like I said great time to sign up and and kind of stay up to date on on Bengals news each day it's 4.99 a month you get a two week free trial to start and you can text stop anytime to the number that you uh, text to sign up. To get that number, you can go to cleveland.com slash bangles. Takes literally a minute to sign up. All you got to do is punch in your phone number and you are good to go. All right, so we're going to change things up a little bit. Uh, I was kind of thinking about some cool, fun ideas we could do for this podcast. And something I was thinking about, we talk a little bit about the AFC North when it comes to free agency crossover uh, and other similar crossovers, but I want to sort of maybe show some love to the Bengals rivals. And what I want to do today is uh, you have what the Ravens, Bengal, or I'm sorry, Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. What we're gonna do is, I want you guys and myself included to pick a player from each team that you would like to see on the Bengals. The only rule here is you cannot pick somebody who is an All-Pro and or a Pro Bowler. So Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, uh, Najee Harris, you know Odell Beckham, Justin Tucker. Those guys are off the table. So someone who's not that good, but good enough for you're like, hey, I like that guy, and I think he makes a case for uh, playing for the Bengals. So this is creative. This is fun. Uh, we're going to get wacky with it. So I guess we'll start with our rivals up north in uh, Cleveland, and I want to start with you, Mike. If you had to pick a player from the Cleveland Browns who fits that criteria I mentioned, who would you pick for them to play for the Bengals and why? Why don't you start with Andrew? This I'm, I'm still looking up. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, uh, you know, I think you you can kind of look at a couple different, uh, you know, a couple different places on the roster and say, you know, okay, I think this is kind of, you know, it's not like a, you know, NFL draft. You're looking for, you know, where guys, uh, you know, where guys can help out, where guys can kind of fill in. Uh, you know, the two options for me were uh, David Njoku and Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Um, you know, the, nice. the thing with Wusu Koromoa is that. You know, he can play in coverage and he can do a bunch of different things. But I'm actually going to go with uh, David Njoku. Like, you, you kind of look at his numbers throughout his career and they haven't really popped off the page to you. You know, he, a career average of 30 yards a game, uh, you know, only 11.6 yards per reception, you know, 206 receptions across 79 games. Those, those are not numbers that are 
you know, all pro Pro Bowl numbers, but one, you would assume that the uh, there would be kind of a bump for for Njoku coming over to the Bengals. I think that he would just give you a dynamic element that you know you don't really have right now on this roster. Uh, you know, you you look at kind of what he can give you athletically. Uh, you know, he's he's I think he's like six four two fifty. You know, back when he I mean when he came into the league, he was twenty one years old. He was a really young player. He's still only twenty six. And, uh, you know, when he came into the league, he ran a 4-6-4-40. That, that's just a player that I think would give you a different dynamic. So, and I think he would help out at a position of need. And, you know, frankly, I think he'd be tight end one if he were to come over immediately. So I, uh, I think David Njoku would make a really, really big impact if you're – I mean, obviously, you're, with Miles Garrett off the table, your, your options are kind Those of are limited. Good options. I, but, are, uh, are you yeah, biased thanks. for Orosu Koromura? Because I know he's a Notre Dame guy yeah. just like you, so. Yeah, you know, Koromoa, he's – he to me, it just – it happens you, – you look at the roster and it's just – like I was making this pick and I was like, you know what, I, I can't justify taking JOK when Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt and Akeem Davis-Gaither are on the roster. I think he gives you a different dynamic than, than you know, you get from like a Jermaine Pratt. Like I think he's a coverage uh, – he's, he's better in coverage than Jermaine Pratt is. Uh, you know, he's, he's a really, really good player. A lot of people in Cleveland kind of talk about him, you know, making a leap forward in year three. But uh, I think Njoku's the pick. Mike, who's your pick? Yeah, I think Njoku's a good pick. Um, you know, 6'4", 246, a big-bodied guy. Um, it's been pretty consistent. Obviously, kind of a, a red zone threat, 19 touchdowns uh, during his career. Uh, so I, I would have no issue with that. I think third, Elijah Moore deserves some consideration. Um, you know, I think it was one of their best moves of the offseason that that trade to land him. Uh, moved more to the slot last year, um, but uh, as comfortable lining up wide would fit kind of what the Bengals do. Um, kind of speedy guy underneath, um, I think would benefit them. Um, I think he has room to grow. I think, you know, he's been okay. You know, had a really promising rookie year, dropped off a little bit last year. Um, but I just think, um, you know, you know, they're looking for that next Tyler Boyd guy, um, you know, to, to fit into the offense. And, and he, he's obviously still very young, only in his third season. Um, he might fit well and kind of get the burrow bump. Um, as, a, as a receiver. Yeah, Elijah Moore is a guy I was thinking about too, you know, who they traded for obviously this off season. I think if you go kind of outside of like the options that you and Andrew had, which by the way, those are good options. I love the Njoku one. Um, I mean, you guys both mentioned his value. I was thinking more of a safety look because, you know, they have Grant Delpit, um, who was Joe Burrow's former teammate at LSU, who's been pretty good, I think, for what he's worth. And then they just got Juan Thornhill, who... I mentioned on this podcast, I thought would land with the Bengals in free agency. Instead, they go the Nick Scott route. Um, and, and obviously, safety is not a glaring need because they drafted Jordan Battle, because they got Nick Scott, like I mentioned. So I think I'm going to kind of pivot away from that. And, and you're you're going to laugh at this. You are going to laugh at this. Uh, I would go with Corey Borquez, their punter. Um, first of all, I like his name. That's just really cool. Uh, but, I mean, here's the thing, like, you know, people say with Brad Robbins being the pick, like he's the guy, he's secure. Like, but we don't know what we're gonna get out of him. Like, I think he's good on film, no touchbacks, best hang time in uh, college football last year playing for Michigan. But we don't know how that'll translate to the NFL. Because I mean, you look at Drew Chrisman; he was pretty darn good in uh, college too. I think he was special teams player or like the punter of the year in the Big Ten. 
his last year at Ohio State. And we kind of saw that once he filled in for Kevin Huber, it's a little bit shaky. Uh, and that's why they drafted Brad Robbins to essentially replace Chrisman. And you could say, oh, they have two punters. Switch out one of them for Borquez and then just have that your competition. But I wish I wanted to have fun with that one, uh, just something different from what you guys had. And I think it's a realistic answer. Uh, but those are really good options. I think now I want to pivot over uh, out east to Baltimore. Uh, quite a few options there and some interesting options that I think you can kind of shift through. But who wants to go first? Who, who would you pick from the Baltimore Ravens? to be a member of the Cincinnati Bengals if it was a wand in your hand. Andrew, that's your team. I'm going to let you go. Well, the, not my team. Um, I, was, I was there for two years. Um, so so it, was like, it was like your whole career. Uh, it was the start of my career. Um, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the two options that I, that I kind of settled on here – were uh, were J.K. Dobbins and uh, Kyle Hamilton. Um, you know, Dobbins. I think would be kind of. I think he would be ineligible for this topic if we, you know, if he didn't get hurt. You know, he he had an injury in 2021, missed the entire season. You know, he missed the beginning part of 2022, and then you know, I think it was like midway through this past year, he had a cleanup surgery or something like that. So. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I think Dobbins is probably my pick. He he makes the biggest impact for you. I mean, I think this is a player who, you know, going into his fourth year in the league, I, I think Dobbins is really, really prone to have a good year with kind of what they added offensively in Baltimore. But not only that, I just think he's a really, really talented player. Uh, you know, he's got great burst. And, uh, I mean, when you look at the Bengals – that's kind of what they're lacking in the backfield. You don't have a guy you can give the ball to on, on three downs necessarily. I think, you know, you want to split the reps a little bit more with Mixon considering his age, considering the mileage that he has, you know, your JK Dobbins, I think would be a, uh, you know, kind of a slam dunk take there. Kyle Hamilton's interesting just because, you know, he gives you something different at safety. Um, you know, him and Dax Hill, they're, they're kind of two different players. You know, Kyle's a little bit bigger. He's think he's like six foot four, two fifteen, something like that. You know, he can kind of play that box role where you can play Dax uh, up top and and kind of um, you know prevent the prevent deep throws. Kind of if you have to do a one high safety look, he's got the speed to do that. But I think uh, Dobbins is the pick when you consider the the need and then the uh, the proven track record in the NFL because when he's been healthy, he's been really really good. Yeah, I just. Um... I think their roster is not great, um, but I, I think uh, Patrick Queen's probably the answer. Um, I'd slot him. And, That's a and good one. That's a good one. Um, had a career year last year, um, sort of filled out the stat sheet, just looking at it. Um, 117 tackles, five sacks, two interceptions, forced fumble, six passes defended. I mean, just sort of did everything, uh, covered everything. Um, you know, it's tough because they have a player named Bowser on their roster. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think Patrick Queen's probably the, the guy you'd want, want most to sort of just, you know, no matter what kind of talent that I, I think you have, you could find a spot for him and, and put him in the starting lineup. I mean, imagine a linebacking core with Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, and Patrick Queen. That would be insane. Like, that would be. 
I guess, I don't know. Would that be the best linebacking core in the NFL? If not, it'd be top five. I mean, because Queen is up there. I think he's going to get extended this offseason. Hopefully, I hope he does. I think he's worthy of it for how good he is. And actually, did you guys know, just a quick tangent, did you know he, like, got in a actual fist fight with Joe Burrow in college? Where, I mean, yeah, they that's... made up, obviously, they're cool, but it was yeah. like a fist fight in practice or something. Yeah, the the story for that, uh, for people who don't know, is uh, Burrow was, yeah, I think it was, he had just gotten to LSU and, uh, you know, he had gotten, you know, obviously the number one rule of, of football practices from high school through pro is don't touch the quarterback. Well, Burrow got decked by Patrick Queen yep. and uh, Patrick Queen, you know, he turns around and he sees a fist flying in his face. And the first one that uh, was there wasn't one of his offensive linemen. It was Joe Burrow. Uh, And, you know, LSU players have kind of gone on record multiple times in the past. Like, I think this was kind of a big story in 2020. Um, You know, this was kind of a, you know, a big thing that people talked about, like the LSU players saying, okay, we got somebody real here. This is this, this dude's, this dude's legit. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's a really fun story to, to, to look back on. Could you imagine Joe Burrow just like decking Jermaine Pratt like in practice in the face? <laughs> would this be so hilarious? Which would never happen, obviously, because it wouldn't end well for either of them. But man, that is a heck of a story. I, I have been reading a lot about that. So when you mentioned that, Mike, I thought that was good. So who knows if they're on a team together, maybe they won't fight this time, but it just uh, came to mind. Uh, I think those are all good. I'm going to go out on a limb here and um, I'm going to get a little a little tricky with this one because I know we said no pro bowlers are all pros, but Kevin Zeitler, uh, who's a starting guard for the team, um, he did not make the Pro Bowl. He got the most votes out of all the AFC guards, believe it or not, but he didn't make the Pro Bowl. So he's a Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, I think he started every game for the Ravens last year and all but one in 2021. And the best part about it, this might be better or worse for some Bengals fans, I mean, he's a former first-round pick who played with the Bengals for, uh, you know, the first four years of his career. And it's weird. He's made the rounds in the AFC North. He played for the Browns for a couple of years, and then he goes to Baltimore, pra- uh, protects Lamar Jackson. So it'd be kind of like a interesting reversal of fortune, so to speak, of, oh, now you want to kind of come back to the Bengals and finish what you started. I, I feel like that would have been kind of cool. Um, again, he has never made a Pro Bowl, but he's Pro Bowl caliber, so – I think that's a that's a fair pick there. Uh, but to kind of round this out here before we get into the back half of our uh, conversation, uh, this is going to be an interesting one because I think you could say uh, this would get a lot of fans fired up. But the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are you taking from the Steelers to play in Cincinnati? Which has happened, by the way. James Harrison once upon a time, for those who don't remember. But um, in all seriousness, who would you pick? Uh, and, my, and Mike Hilton, by the way, former Steeler. But anyways. I would go with uh, George Pickens. Um, I, a good I one. think he's got a, he, he had a really good rookie year. Covered him a little bit in high school when I was out in Alabama, and I thought he was a, a future star. His college career kind of uh, got screwy because of COVID, um, and then he tore his ACL, but um, rebounded. Had 800 yards last year. Um, but really, I think Pittsburgh's going to you know build uh, the receiver room around him. Uh, for for uh, Kenny Pickett, and so um, I just I, I I think he has all the talent in the world. Six foot three, um, you know, just just a really good uh, I think future. The, you know the the uh, the outlook's bright for him. I would say it's a good that's a good one. Yeah, and I think they're going to get a good player out of him too. You have one injury. Are you still kind of thinking through yours. 
No, you know, I, I, you know, Pickens I, it was obviously kind of on my list. Um, you know, I think he's probably the smartest pick just because, you know, you're talking about a player who is probably going to reach that level, you know, kind of like Mike said, you're, you're talking about a player who's ascending in the league. Uh, I think an interesting one would be Jalen Warren. Um, you know, this team does still need a running back and, you know, you kind of look at the size. He's not, he's not much different than Chase Brown. Uh, Chase Brown's five, nine and like two ten, and Jalen Warren's five, eight and two fifteen. So, you know, they're pretty similar body types and, but you know, the only thing with Jalen Warren is you get a player who, you know, at the NFL level, you know, he's actually performed well, but, uh, in terms of kind of what the Bengals need, what could help them long-term, uh, my interest, my answer is actually a little interesting. Um, I'm going to go Broderick Jones. Uh, the tackle that they just drafted, actually. Yeah. Georgia. So the reason that I, I'm comfortable making this pick is because, you know, he was a you know really really highly recruited player coming out of high school. You know, he goes to Georgia immediately, plays very well. Uh, you know, obviously on a national championship team. Um, you know, he's he's not massive like Orlando Brown. You know, he's only six foot five, but I think you could. I think that that you know you feel a little bit better about, uh, you know, a lack of size there at, at right tackle. You know, the Bengals are about to do that with Jonah Williams. But, you know, I think that what you do there is, you know, you're talking about a player who's still very young. He's 21 years old. Uh, and I just think that, you know, you get him in the room and, you know, he can he can become at least a, a pretty decent starter for you in, uh, in a year or two. And, and I think that, you know, when you look at the offensive line, Four of the five spots are pretty much filled at this point, and uh, right tackle is the only one. So I think uh, Broderick Jones would be a nice addition. Man, you guys got some really good picks. I don't know if this tops what you guys got, but I really like Alex Highsmith, plays outside linebacker for them. I mean, only in his uh, going into his fourth season. Last year, he led the NFL in forced fumbles with five. Um, I mean, his sack numbers were off the rails, 14 and a half sacks. You know, he had uh, 74 tackles the year before that in 2021. Hasn't missed a single game in each of the last two years. So he's a workhorse. He plays a lot of snaps. He's all over the ball. Uh, he can get to the quarterback. He had 20 quarterback hits to go with his 14 and a half sacks. I mean, you look at the juice they got with Miles Murphy. You know, that's great. But how nice would it be to have him, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, you know, and then Highsmith. Like, that's just uh, – that's a ferocious front, and then you know you still got DJ Reader and BJ Hill. But hey, like Duke Tobin said in Indianapolis, you can never have enough juice in the pass rush. And I mean, he's a guy who I think is ascending to be one of the better players at his position in a matter of years. Uh, but that's a really good roundup there, guys. When we come back, though, we're going to shift the focus back to Cincinnati uh, because I heard we're going to have a little party on New Year's Eve. What is that party you ask? Well, we're going to talk about that when we return right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. All right, thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So we won't officially know the Bengals' full schedule until uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. But we know one of their games, uh, which I think is going to be the biggest and most exciting game, and that is Bengals-Chiefs. It will be New Year's Eve, December 31st at 425 Eastern, uh, 425 Eastern in Kansas City. So just like the 2021 season when they met in Week 17, only differences – that game was in Cincinnati, but anything short of a thriller, it was amazing. Um, are you guys shocked by that? Does that make sense? Like, does does that kind of show you that the NFL really thinks those guys could duke it out for a one seed? I mean, what do you? What is your initial reaction to uh, that scheduling? 
I mean, it makes sense. Um, you know, I, I think I had kind of said, you know, and I think you guys agreed with me if I'm not mistaken that, uh, you know, maybe burning, I guess, so to speak, burning that game, um, in week one, I think there were a lot of people, oh, you know, of course the, the Bengals make sense. You know, that's a great matchup. And, you know, why wouldn't you want that? But, well, okay, well, that game is going to do numbers no matter what. You know, now you're talking about a uh, – now you're talking about a game that, I mean, look, you, in, in terms of what that game is going to decide, like talking about two teams that are probably going to go down to the wire in terms of seeding in the AFC, you know, whether that's one and two, two and three, whatever, uh, that's going to go down to the wire – you're talking about an MVP race, which, you know, the going into the last two weeks of the season, I mean, depending on who wins that game, having the number one seed and, and kind of beating a team in a head to head and, you know, having, uh, you know, leading your team to a bye week that that might matter too. like there, there's going to be a lot of implications there. So I just think, you know, it makes sense. I, I think in the 2021-22 season, nobody could have really kind of seen what what was coming with the Bengals. They kind of came out of nowhere. But, uh, you know, last year they put that game in December. This year they put that game uh, December 31st, obviously. I, I just think that, you know, the league is kind of proving and, and showing you guys and showing everybody that, uh, you know, they, they want big-time matchups like that to kind of decide the end of the season because the Bengals are going to play a game the following week against a divisional opponent. So there's uh, it's going to be a massive couple of weeks here in, uh, in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, it shows a high level of confidence that I think it's going to be obviously a marquee matchup because both teams will still be in that position. I still think you couldn't have gone wrong with it doing it at week one. I think it would have been a huge, huge games. Um, you know, it, I, I, you know, you could place it anywhere in the schedule. Really, um, it would have been a high profile matchup that is at the end of the year on New Year's Eve. Um, you know, you're going to be competing with a lot of that college football stuff, um, but I think it'll it'll stand out. Yeah, I, I didn't think they were going to do it in week one, and I was right with that. But I think, like Mike said, it would have been great to do that in week one. Um, but we also know, uh, because the NFL also announced international games, the Bengals will not play international games. So um, they're not playing internationally, and they're not playing the Chiefs or the Jaguars internationally. I think those would have been two interesting teams to play overseas. Are you guys relieved that they're not playing internationally? Because I don't know about you, but I don't have a passport because I've never left the country, and that is a long trip. How do you guys feel about that? Well, it's, I mean, it, it's coming up sooner rather than later. Uh, I think that they have to plan the next couple of years overseas. Um, so, you know, not this year, but, um, you know, I would assume that it's going to be in the next year or two after that uh, that they'll, they'll head overseas. Yep, yeah, because um... – like you said, they have to at some point. It's just part of a deal that the NFL has with, you know, these countries overseas. But here's a cool little tidbit. The Bengals are going to travel with the least travel total mileage next season. They're traveling just based on the cities they're going to 11,942 round trip miles. That is the least out of all 32 teams. Number one, you could probably guess is Seattle because they're literally uh, on the other side of the world. Um, and Miami is pretty much number three because they're on the other corner of the other side of the world. So um, I'm sure they're grateful with that. And it helps when you have your divisional rivals and teams like the Titans. It's not, not very far down the street. So um, I'm sure they're happy about that too because uh, that travel will catch up to you. Well, stay with us because tomorrow we're going to talk about Joe Burrow because it's Thursday. So... Why not? And we're going to talk about uh, more on his contract, the guessing game, which is a fun guessing game, and 
uh, what Lamar Jackson's deal means in terms of shaping things up for his future deal. But once again, for myself, Andrew and Mike, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. We will see you on Thursday.